Today on the Ponder Podcast, we begin our descent. If you can imagine this series like an airline flight, we've traveled a long way and now we're finally going to linger over this great miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. I'm going to take two episodes to consider the reality of Jesus' words in verses 25 through 26. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. In the hope that gives us, in the hope that that verse gives us today in the midst of hard circumstances. Thank you so much for joining me as we continue to peer into, ponder, and posture ourselves to practice the truth of God's word. For context, we're going to read John 11, 17 through 44. Let me just say a quick prayer for us as we begin. Lord, thank you for this time to ponder the word here with friends, and I pray that you help us see wonderful things. Use this time to help us set our minds on you again and the work you're doing in us, around us, even through us right now. All for your glory, all for our good. In Jesus' name. The passage reads, Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary in private, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. 
And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said on this account, I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So what really jumps out at me in this passage is verses 25 through 26. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? When I first like was blown away by this passage, like nearly 10 years ago, I was just fixated on the fact that Everything that I'm experiencing now in the Lord is just a glimpse of the life to come because I am going to live forever. Um, But now it stands out to me even more um, that it's not that I have to wait to experience resurrection life till later. I experience it now because I am attached to Christ. I am united with him. Um, When you think about him talking to Martha here, he was in that moment, the resurrection and the life. And that had real implications for Lazarus and his family. Today, he is still the resurrection and the life. And that has real implications to everyone who has placed their faith in him, who are now in him, now in the resurrection and the life. Put another way, now made alive in him, no longer dead in trespasses, but alive to God in his righteousness and glory right here, right now, wherever we are. Um, it's not that he was the resurrection and the life back then or when he rose or that he will be on the last day when he raises all believers up literally, but he is the resurrection and the life right now. And because we believe this, we will never die. So here's the question. Do we believe this? I want to pause and take us to two different passages to help anyone like me who struggles with this. If you're afraid right now, afraid of getting deathly ill, afraid of dying, afraid of bad things happening, you may be thinking, but we will die. This question came up in the small group meeting I participated in at church, yes, It was me who asked the question. Even when growing in confidence, I'm always wrestling with hard realities. We were looking at Psalm 121. Verse 7 says, The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Hmm. Did he keep Lazarus' life? What about Paul, who says in 2 Timothy 4.18, The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely safely into his heavenly kingdom to him be the glory forever and ever amen safely paul was martyred like the faithful deacon stephen 
like most of the apostles. And yet, listen to what my husband pointed out to me when we were discussing Psalm 121 later. Look at what Jesus says to his disciples in Luke 21, 16. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. People they loved would turn them in. Okay. Then he says, and some of you, they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. What, Jesus, what are you saying? Did you catch that? He tells them they will die, at least some of them will die, and that not a hair of their head would perish. Hmm, that sounds really similar to what we're reading here in John 11. Here, Jesus tells Martha that whoever believes in him, even if he dies, he will still live. Because by believing in Jesus, the resurrection and the life, we are made alive and given life eternal. Through faith, we are saved. And this is the gift. There is a life, a greater life that transcends this one. Everything good in this life is just a foretaste. Jesus is the substance. He is life. He is the gift. And everyone who believes in him enjoys him, this life, forever. No one, nothing can take it away. Here are some notes from the Gospel Transformation Bible. And I got the title, actually, for this series in one, of the quote, in one of the quotes. It reads, Perhaps it was precisely because of Jesus's great love for this family that he entrusted to them a very difficult story, a hard providence. And here we go. The gospel is a story of God doing all things well, not all things easily. And the more deeply we know and walk with Jesus, the more readily we accept God's glory as our greatest good, even when it feels like a momentary bad. Does this not speak to where many of us are right now? And lastly, the resurrection we presently enjoy through our union with Christ will one day segue into the resurrection of our bodies. Let's just let that sit. If you are a believer, if you are a Christian, a follower of Christ, you are in Christ, you are made alive, there is a sense in which you have been resurrected. You were dead in your sins and now you are alive. But we're going to be completely resurrected. Even this body, this flesh is going to be resurrected and perfect glorious this is not our home friends i am totally off script right now <laughs> uh, so because of these things back on script we need not fear death because we are not without hope though we die yet shall we live and god's the life we have in God is so great that it will be like we never died. 
So, you know, death seems so scary now because we're on this side of it. But once we're on the other side, it's just another hard thing that God walked us through. Oh, praise the Lord. Like Lazarus, we will die and it will be hard, but we will live and it will be glorious. And that is the glory of God. His people, broken and perfect, simple as we are, oh, his people will rise from the dead. Praise the Lord. Here's something to consider as we move into how we might practice this text. How can we walk more deeply with Jesus? How can we know him more in these strange times that we're living in? You know, this week I taught my kids the account of Jesus talking to the men on the road to Emmaus. We memorized together Luke 22, 32. Put the song on the spot. Let's see if I can remember it. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? Did not our hearts Burn within us while he talked to us on the road. While he opened to us. While he opened to us. While he opened to us. The scriptures. Luke, 22, or Luke 24, 32. And their hearts burned within them while Jesus explained to them how all the Old Testament was about him. Have you ever experienced something like that while reading the word where your heart's just burning? It's just like you're by a warm fire. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just good. <laughs> and you understand why the psalmist just said it was. it's sweeter than honey or... For me, I always say it's like chocolate cake, my favorite dessert. It's just good. I want to savor it. Well, over the past decade, I've come to know and understand that the Bible is primarily about him and how he redeems humanity from sin and death. We can find God on every page. We can know God deeply through pondering and studying his word, looking for him on every page. His spirit testifies of him. He's eager to show us where he is, where Jesus is, how it points to the gospel. And the more we see that, the more our hearts burn within us. Um, and that's going to help us have more faith in everything we've been looking at today. So that's my takeaway here. Like I said in the last episode, like I want to just keep 
beholding Christ in scripture. Keep walking closely with him through regular prayer, praising him, confessing where I struggle to believe this good news we went over today, thanking him for this gift that he's given, this life I have in him, asking for help to enjoy it more and for others to receive this gift too through faith. What about you? Think about it. Think about where you are with him, what your time in the word is like, what your prayer life is like. This isn't meant to be condemning, but what I want you to think about is what is one small step I can take to walk more closely with Jesus this week? One small step. Or another way you could think about this is what's one thing I could do that would help my soul be happier in Christ. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm grateful for you. I've gotten a lot of good feedback. So I want to just remind you that no one will find this podcast without your help. If you're enjoying these episodes, please rate it or leave a review where you listen or share it with friends. The last episode in the series is next week and you'll be in for a treat. So till next time, peace, peace to you in abundance. Have a great week.